Hello again. You're listening to the Once Upon a Stream podcast, a Disney Plus deep dive into the magical world of content available on the platform. I'm your host, Maddie Shook, along with my co-host, Megan Mann. Hello. And our December Christmas extravaganza continues. And now, today's episode, we are having a Disney Channel Christmas. We are. Imagine me with a glowing blue stick as far as after introducing myself and your streaming Disney channel (laughs) in a shape that is not Mickey Mouse if you actually draw the outline. But we are looking at some er as far as early 2000s wonderfulness Mm -hmm. that the way I always break down as far as the Disney channel eras is the time stone of the Disney Channel Circle of Stars. Mm-hmm. Which, there's the overall, like, there's overarching generations, that, but then when you break it down to sub-generations, this is the niche, mm-hmm. as far as looking at. Forget about Gen X, Millennial, Gen Z, all of that. What Disney Channel Circle of Stars <laughs> was of your, your, your peak height. And so... This is the Circle of Life era, and so we will be taking a look at some Christmas episodes from Kim Possible, That's So Raven, and Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> and they're just, they're Classic. so great. Classic. Because, Megan, you're just a couple years older than me, but as that far as... That was a very nice way to say that. That was, that was a very nice way to say that. But these are still very much your era as well. Oh, Absolutely. This was aimed at me. Target demo. I was the exact target demo for 2001. Because <laughs> as far as Lucy McGuire is the oldest at 2001. When I was 12. I may have been a, younger than an that. An infant. No, I was like seven. So it was like first grade. Yeah, when Lizzie McGuire premiered. I was in middle school. <laughs> and that's why as far as... Because you were like the exact age that like Lizzie was supposed to be. Yeah. And all that. Because she's 13 in the series. Mm-hmm. And you forget because like Hilary Duff was 16 when she filmed it. But they were babies. And then Kim Possible was 2002. And that's the Raven was 2003. So you're right in that early aughts sweet spot. Yeah. And, but these are, there's still some classics that it, watching these definitely hit me in the nostalgia. Oh, yeah. And because then the easiest way to get that, as far as that dopamine hit of nostalgia, (laughs) first off, is the theme songs. Oh, yeah. I went hard. I really did. I went really hard. Because first off, as far as first episode we'll discuss Kim Possible their Christmas episode because all of these were season one too so it's like not only revisiting an older series but right at the beginning of said older series right dude the Kim Possible theme song a classic it's classic even before it was available on Disney Plus again I would always say that to people I'm like call me beat me if you want to reach me even though beeping has not been a thing in so long. 
a thing in so long. And who even calls each other anymore at this point? Uh, I mean, if you call me, you better have a good reason. For real. It's like the community reference of, Britta's over 30, she still uses her phone as a phone. (laughs) (laughs) But... Yeah, it would be like text me, DM me, which does not. Oh, have it doesn't the same. flow. It doesn't flow. So call me, beat me. Still says the same. And did you ever have the do 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 as your like text or ringtone? I don't. I don't think so. But anytime I hear it, I whip around and I try to see who has it. And I'm like, you like impossible. Because you get on high alert. Because <laughs> you know that sound. Do 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 do. And you whip around. You're like, oh. You into Kim Possible? Oh. The communicator. Which the was communicator. basically. Which basically is an iPhone. Which, fun fact, I was just thinking about this when I was um, watching it earlier. I had a flashback when I, uh, you know, the when you're at Comic-Con and there's like a question and answer portion and you like people like race up to the microphone to ask yes. questions. So I think I went, um, I don't know if it was Catching Fire or Mocking Jay. It was one of them. But I went up there and I asked a question to Jennifer Lawrence and I made a joke. I said, nice call flex. Me. Thank you. And I, I asked a question. I said, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. And then it was silent. And I was like, no, no Kim Possible fans. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, anyway. Nice. Way to have a failed pop culture <laughs> reference at SDCC of all places. Of all places. That is, that's a more a D23 appropriate reference. <laughs> right. Which was not around when I asked the questions. <laughs> no. But, okay, so basically the premise of this episode that it's the possible family Christmas and they are loaded with tradition they have they have their routine and it's just really sweet i I really enjoy as far as the possible family dynamic was always fun because it's like the dad's a rocket scientist and the mom's a brain surgeon and so it's just like they're fun partners and they were like enjoyable that they weren't stupid but that they like supported kim's adventures and all of that but were just kind of quirky and interesting and I remember really liking that as a kid. Mm-hmm. But, and I didn't realize as far as, because um, it really only came up mainly in, like, the holiday episode. But Ron's Jewish, so he has, like, a Hanukkah sweater on. But he still enjoys as far as, like, the possible family tradition since, you know, Kim and Ron have been besties since basically forever. forever. And, and they're so precious. I love them so cute and so starting things off as far as ron his big tradition is there's basically they kind of do a derivative of like the rankin bass um holiday specials but it's the snowman hank that sings about like the true spirit of christmas and friendship and all of that with like a fun little christmas song but it's been canceled the horror for like this extreme sports thing that's being (laughs) filmed at the north pole (laughs) whatever but disney channel hijinks but oh no the classic the piece de resistance of all impossible villains dr draken is up to something and so basically ron is his christmas present to kim is he wants to make sure that kim doesn't 
miss out on like her family's All holiday family traditions. traditions. Which he wants really to make sure sweet. she has. I know he wants her to just be with her family for the day. So he decides because I'm he knows go how important it. it is for her. I know because Kim gave her like gave him a Hanukkah gift, and it's like the cyber scrapbook thing that is super sweet and thoughtful. And you're like, it's already season one. It's like season one, episode seven or something. Something and you're already like, that. like, oh, just get together, you two. <laughs> But now we have a few more seasons and a couple decoms before that happens. But alas. So basically Ron tries to go on a mission to like stop Draken, but somehow they end up stranded in the North Pole together and get like kind of find like a weird truce in bonding over Snowman Hank of all things. <laughs> and then it just ends in like a happy Christmas time of like Dr. Draken's just like it's Christmas. Let's just we'll, we'll be cool. I'll I'll try to take over the world come New Year's, but for now let's let's just enjoy each other. Right. And the Christmas cheer and the spirit of the holidays prevails. But honestly, of the three episodes that we watched of kind of revisiting Disney Channel of Yore, they I had the most fun watching Kim Possible. I did. Like it holds up. It really does. The jokes still land. The character dynamics are fun. That the animation still looks great. It's not dated. It's not dated. Because all of these have like little touches of like the early aughts of it all. That mainly as far as that the communicator is basically an iPhone. But basically. But as far as it was the most timeless of all three that like this could air today and the youths would still like it. Right. So as far as if you have a youngin in your life, introduce them to Kim Possible because it still rocks. In right. That... So I'm like, am I going to start doing a like binge rewatch of Kim Possible? That, that might be happening because like I legit had fun. I really did. And I was telling Megan while we are kind of planning out this episode earlier, so I utilize one of the features on the Disney Plus app that you can download content um, while you're still connected to Wi-Fi, so that way later um, it's already on your device, that way you're not using any data re-watching the episode or dealing with buffering because I watched this during my lunch break, and so I had it connected to my car speakers and <laughs> full-on... When it came to the theme song, I, I blared that sucker. Went hard. I did, because it's like a jam. It's not just a good theme song. It's like a like a valid pop single that I want to now have, like, random people make covers of it. I want to hear, like, the Ariana Grande version of the KP theme song. It was, feel- um, oh my god, what is her name? Christina Milian. Yes, it was. <laughs> So I I never got into her music, but whenever I'd see her on something, or like, I think I maybe watched one of her Bring It On direct to video sequels. Oh God, but those were so bad. They are the best one is with Hayden Panettiere and Solange. But oh my God, with the with like the dueling. Wait, was the that crumping. the one? Right, was that the one where they were at a theme park? No. Ugh, God, that one was terrible. I've seen the Hayden Panettiere one though. I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. 
it features Ponda Replay era Rihanna as well. <laughs> Speaking of nostalgia, hello. But yeah, I always associated her with the KP theme. Which Agreed. I, I knew every word. Every single word. Every single word. Even the instrumentals and when Christy Carlson Romano goes in with, what's the sitch? In the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that really dated it is the random catchphrases of like the Jim and Tim, the like twin little brothers that like when they got excited, they'd say like, who shaw, I think was what it was. And then, you know, Ron's key catchphrase of booyah, that it <laughs> still stands. But that was really the only kind of like dating of it all. Otherwise, it's still delightful and entertaining and super current. Right. And it's a fun character as for is like for real, Kim and Ron are now looking on it. They're one of my baby OTPs of before I realized what shipping was that little Maddie wanted Kim and Ron to be together. Just plain and simple. Right. Even though it's even though it's animated, the chemistry is still there. Of like Christy Carlson Romano and Wilfred L uh-huh. just they they bounce off of each other just super well. Super well. And it was just really sweet storytelling of like that she kisses him on the cheek when they get under the mistletoe and oh, also so I like cute. in retrospect that it's like in season one early on that like Drac can put them under the mistletoe, which in many things I always love when it's like the antagonist still ships the OTP because it's like I still want to like conquer the world and I'm in direct opposition of your goals and everything but you two should kiss <laughs> just saying that that's a trope I enjoy it's so cute but yeah I enjoyed it I had a lot of fun that we will not discuss I understand that the decom that they made last year is it's for a new generation of children. No. No. And so it's like one of those things where you can never, like, I'm very staunchly against the my childhood is ruined thing is not a valid response because you had your childhood. And so it is intact. Right. You're fine. You didn't die. You didn't die. It's okay. But as far as the reboot that they did of, like, with that decom, they, especially now after watching the series, you're like, because the original series is still good, and with animation, it doesn't matter how old the original actors are, that... You're right. You can still still do the voice. You can still do the voice. And so, speaking of, if you are a fan of Kim Possible, um, Christy Carlson Romano has a YouTube channel where she does little cooking tutorials and interviews with people from her Disney Channel past and there is an episode with Will Friedle and they make the Nako <laughs> and so highly recommend look that up but as far as but just saying in terms of it didn't need a reboot because the original thing still holds up and would still resonate with younger people today agreed and like obviously as far as like, Kim Possible was a progressive character. Like, 
she got stuff done and was super competent and her mom was a brain surgeon so she was like competent and awesome normal totally normal that you had like like other like characters of color as far as like wade and monique and stuff that like there was good representation as far as it was ahead of its time for 2002 i agree and so that that's where it's like you don't need a reboot because the original is still good so good and then if you did want to like continue it you could do it still with like all of the main cast is still working so yeah it's not like they're just not doing anything (laughs) like Taj Maori I don't know if he's done anything since baby mama ended but yeah I don't I don't know because I haven't really like seen anything from him but it it was I was today years old when I found out that was him today learn something new every day (laughs) I can't believe I didn't know because I remember it just from like the behind the scenes featurettes and stuff because that was still when Disney was airing Smart Guy so I was like oh so he's in that thing too right and I probably knew that but like didn't realize it again because I, I loved Smart Guy another Disney Channel classic which I think is available on Disney Plus I think so too and I loved that show I thought it was hilarious that I know I think it was our friend as far as I've, I've seen some people in my timeline have it on a rewatch and so that they've said it still holds up so I might revisit that but keeping things on task there's there's going to be a lot of nostalgic rabbit holes on this it's just how it it's, is it's it's how it's happening because we're right in that 2001 to 2003 sweet spot of good times like because this one is animated we'll we'll get into the crazy early aughts fashion later because raven and lizzie mcguire hold up for that oh they do they do but mainly just kind of wrapping things up on kim possible the cast is great i love them and this is the most Christmassy of all of of the three episodes that we watched yes that of with just the also the happy christmas feelings that you get when you want to watch something as far as holiday related and so it it had a cute note complete with musical number because all things should have a musical number true it makes things better unless you're on the cw please for the love of god do not have a chris or a musical episode make it stop please make it stop now that crazy ex-girlfriend is done there should be no more music sung on the CW. No. No. Another conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, moral of it, go watch Kim Possible on Disney Plus. Lots because of fun. it was fun. And another show with an awesome theme song is That's So Raven. That is a great theme song. It's still epic. It really is. And so last, I think it was just last week, it was either last week or the week before, um, Raven was doing a show at 54 Below, which is a like smaller theater venue in New York, that it, it like their concerts and stuff always end up on YouTube, because it's like kind of a more intimate setting for Broadway people to 
just kind of perform and have like a lot of fun with it's just kind of a bit more low-key and so naturally she ended up singing the raven theme song however she brought up Annalise Vanderpool to sing it with her and Annalise even did like the rap part that Orlando Brown does in the theme song and yeah he couldn't be a participant no with both with the following two episodes that we do have we have a couple people that had some unfortunate life choices between Orlando Brown and Aaron Carter. That was and a really, really nice way to say that. That is understatement, is, but that's where Disney Plus podcast, we are not a <laughs> celebrity train wreck podcast. And so... And that is what they both were, are. That unfortunately sometimes child actors or people who were in the entertainment industry as as use their adult life does not turn out great which mm-hmm. is a sad yeah. fact just quick google search you can google if you're interested but we're we're going to talk about the good times good good times in good times like it was as far as raven it definitely hit home of like the true cringiness of a Disney Channel plot of it's such coincidental hijinks of OMG Raven has a vision of, of what her Christmas present is so she mm-hmm. fakes being sick to open and sees that she gets this beautiful necklace and then she has to not only look at the Christmas the present before Christmas but she also has to wear it to school the next day where then Chelsea has to insist on wearing the necklace. Of course. But then the necklace gets stuck. And so then they have to like jerk around and of <laughs> like you trying unfortunate phrasing. But as far as trying to yank the necklace off and naturally it flies out the window where it promptly gets run over by a lawnmower. Because it's winter and they're wearing coats, so why wouldn't the window be open? Yes, because it's still it's still cold in San Francisco in the winter. It's they I know have it's seasons. California, but you do have some seasons because you are right on the water. Like so yeah, the window wouldn't be open in December in San Francisco. But it would alas. Not. It would not. But here we are. But here we are. And so naturally she now needs to replace it because what are you going to do? Actually tell the, your parents the truth? No. Why on earth would she do that? Not when you can have hijinks. And of course. So then things just fall from there, and she manages to kind of figure out the situation, but at the cost that she realizes she kept having to skip out on, like, different family traditions and, like, activities that she really enjoys doing but also it's just of spending time with family members and all of that and so raven realizes the true meaning of christmas and santa is real in this universe where i guess you also have psychic so i mean yeah it makes sense that santa's real as well of course and so basically through santa magic the day is saved and she's able to rewrite history and not look into the present and actually go caroling with her family and enjoy but it is one of those of even though the plot is cheesy and ridiculous that it's still enjoyable in a way of the cast dynamics are still a lot of fun yeah 
They are. They're really fun. Mm-hmm. I love it. Because, once again, this is season one, so it's, like, just starting out that I would say Raven's probably, like, I think she started the series at around, like, 14, which sounds about right. So, she's definitely still in, like, child actor mode of it's hammy as all get out. But there's a reason why she's still in the entertainment industry today of Raven just has this natural charisma that has been with her since a child like since she was a little little kid in her start in sitcoms but carried on over to her teenage years and she still has it today oh yeah that for sure that it made it still enjoyable to watch and Orlando Brown and Annalise Vanderpult were good comic relief too they were I thought it was a really nice cast it was a nice cast that they were a lot of fun they had good chemistry and once again it was a fun family dynamic too of like the parents were enjoyable performers and occasionally it's always funny when you see like a commercial with one of them in it and you're like oh my gosh it's the mom from that's a raven (laughs) and like this random commercial glad to see you're still getting work you deserve more yeah Poor parents in Disney Channel shows. Hey, that's not true. Billy Ray Cyrus is doing just fine. I was about to say Billy Ray is kind of the exception to the rule. Yeah, he's a... Well, because he was already famous beforehand. Yeah, that's true. And it really wasn't until Old Town Road that his career got any kind of revival post-Hannah Montana. Right. But... Yeah, the parents are fun. And then Kyle Massey is just a wee babe. And, like, because this was, I think, season one, episode, like, 14. I Something think the number back so it is Yeah. Yeah, so it is 2003. So, like, yeah, Kyle Massey is, like, a legit child during this. He, no, he's, like, a legit child. And I, I love how it's kind of a through thread of, like the brother in the Disney Channel sitcom is always money obsessed. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is a through line in all Disney Channel shows that, like, the little brother has some kind of scheme to try to make money. And this time it was, oh, yeah. like, posing for a Christmas outfit, like a ridiculous Christmas outfit. Oh, that And kind of extorting both outfit. parents. Yes, and, like... It's ridiculous of, like, it's just plot reasons of, like, let's be real, like, a black family in San Francisco wouldn't dress their small child in later hosen for a Christmas photo, but <laughs> it's a funny sight gag for Disney Channel, so we'll go with it. Right. But basically, he extorts both parents, because each one thinks the other spouse is the one who's really inve- emotionally invested in the photo. And so he gets money from both parents of, like, as as bribery. (laughs) Play the angles, kid. Respect the hustle. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. This was definitely a time capsule. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because 
it doesn't hold up in the same sense that like the Kim Possible episode did because it very much it is a like a sitcom for children right yeah and so it does that function very well agreed but yeah some of the humor and like you can tell the like the laugh tracks are they're strong they are and so it's it's cheesy but in like a very enjoyable way they very enjoyable I feel like with That's a Raven, it's not necessarily where you would re... Like, if you're not someone who has smaller, like, tweens or children Mm -hmm. in your life that are watching Raven's Home or something like that, you wouldn't go back and, like, binge the whole series, if you will. Probably not. No, it'll definitely be fun to, like, every now and then on Disney Plus just when you get in like that random mood that you can just watch a random episode here and there like the Christmas one or like the one where it was in the fashion show or because sometimes Raven I will as for a shout out slightly off topic of this specific episode but occasionally Raven um, episodes did go deep and like got in some real topics which yeah was a good way to kind of introduce that to that younger audience because I think that's where even definitely did kind of skew middle school and younger. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of an introduction as far as some things of body image and race and different stuff there. And that those were the episodes that kind of stood the test of time and I still remember very clearly as far as specific moments from it. Which is kind of interesting of that it it shows the power of, like, the storytelling in those that this little, like, fun little sitcom about, like, she's just like, because it's the true Disney Channel format, especially in that era, is meet so-and-so. They're just like you, except, and in this (laughs) case, it's she's She's a psychic. (laughs) And so, (laughs) but if you think about it, they're all of them meet Lizzie she's just like you except she has like a monologue of the animated figure of herself right Raven's just like you except she's psychic Impossible is just like you except she's basically 007 international crime fighter she's basically an Avenger (laughs) yeah like that's the crossover we need if someone can if someone with photoshopped skills could take like the scene from Endgame where they all come out of the portals and just have like Kim Possible like spring out of there. Wouldn't that be great? But it has to be Christy Carlson Romano. Or I don't want it. Yes. Facts are facts. She still looks young enough. It's fine. Yeah. And then it would be the most amb- ambitious crossover event in history. I mean. I love how that's become a meme. But... Yeah, as far as, it's definitely, it's a time capsule of that it served a purpose and for its time, and so it'll be occasionally fun to revisit, but it wouldn't be something of, like, watching the series as a whole, because you your tastes change, and then things are no longer written exactly for you, because, like, even though we have, like, we're kind of both the, like, low and higher end of like the age range that these shows were writing for when they first aired Mm -hmm. and then 
There were still some epic early 2000s outfits in this episode, though. Oh, yeah. Like the necklace itself. The necklace itself, which... What's funny is in the next episode of, like, the outfit demanded the necklace. No, it didn't. Yes, it... Oh, I say that all the time. If I wear something and someone is like, why are you wearing that? Because the outfit demanded it. I'm not held responsible for that. But in in this case, she was wearing, like, a fully zipped up, like, leather jacket or something. With a necklace just, like, hanging over it. It looked horrible. (laughs) I was like, no, the outfit did not demand that. (laughs) The outfit did not demand it at all. It is full Coco Chanel of, before you leave the door, take one accessory off. And the accessory was the necklace. Yes. I did love the plaid coat when they're in the mall. What's kind of fun with that one is as far as this is one of the episodes where one of the screen grabs is used in the theme song. So then those like brief, like kind of gifable moments is what we would refer to them now. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, there's the image from that thing where you don't necessarily remember. Like, I didn't remember the details of the episode as a whole, but I remembered that specific moment because it's replayed in the theme song. Right. Yeah, but it was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it. And I always love the reveal of, like, where they think it's, like, a fake Santa, and then they realize it's real Santa. And it's just so sweet and heartwarming at the end, and... Also, the one thing, too, is for as thrown in there, like, the Christmas songs, as far as... Raven still had a great voice even then. Oh, Yeah. Because, like, you could tell just how talented they were. Because at one point when they're trying to, like, hide, they pretend to be carolers. And they're doing, like, three-part harmony on Oh Holy Night. And you're like, this is just, like, a throwaway gag. But also, continue the song. Y'all sound great. (laughs) Right, because I remember fully. Because, you know, if you're on the Disney Channel, you also have to be, like, a multi-hyphenate person. So this is when they were, like, really starting to make everyone into singers. But this was when people could still sing. Because referring back to the Disney Channel Circle of Stars, the one where they had everyone sing Circle of Life together, Mm -hmm. they they pulled the song off. Yeah. Yeah. Because then then you go into, as far as Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes, is kind of the next generation of it, where the That's a Raven cast and then Ali Mashaka are basically the best singers out of the whole bunch. And then you just have some passable singers with it, too. But, and then, then you had where they kind of briefly stopped the Circle of Stars for the, like, Miley, Demi, Jonas, Selena era, where basically Miley and Demi blew Selena out of the water vocally. I mean. (laughs) It wasn't even fair. Because they can actually sing. Yeah. And it's not even, like, being sour grapes over no longer, like, having my childhood and stuff. But, like, they brought back the Disney Channel Circle of Stars in 2013 when Frozen was at its peak for Do You Want to Build a Snowman? and Which is not a Christmas song, just so we're clear. Just so we're clear. Leah and Michelle would like to argue otherwise, but it is not. But, yeah, the new kids didn't hold up as much. Like... So yeah, Circle of Life era Disney Channel Circle of Stars is at its peak where they were like using the marketing powers in the Disney Channel machine to make them into like singing stars, but they could also actually sing. 
Right. Which made you feel a lot better about it because Raven had the vocals. Because then they end the episode basically with her singing Silent Night, which was beautiful. Which was lovely. Although with any, like, when someone is, like, only 14 and they have, like, a crazy vocal range to almost kind of prove how good they are at singing, there's some excessive riffing, but it's still delightful. Right. Get it, Raven. For sure. It, it was still a serviceable cover. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, Raven, that's a Raven Christmas episode. It, it hit all the good points. It, it was cute. I'll oh, just yeah. leave it Loved at that. It. And now, the moment you have been waiting for, that I, t- I teased on my Twitter tonight when I was mentioning that we were recording this episode. The Aaron Carter Christmas episode of Lizzie McGuire. Mm-hmm. Truly iconic. Oh, yeah. Because it's one of those, there, there's a handful of Lizzie McGuire episodes that you distinctly remember, and this is definitely one of them. Oh, yeah. And once again, from the very start of it, of like, the theme song isn't quite as catchy as Kim Possible or That's So Raven, but it still has like a very warm place in your heart. Oh, yeah. Even though it's a mess. It kind of is. And you forget of, like, that it's, like, middle school-centric is all of these characters. Although now, especially, even though she was, like, 15, 16 at the time when she was filming, you're like, oh my gosh, Hilary Duff, since we've gotten to see her grow up and then she's now, like, a mommy and fabulous and wonderful. But you do see her as, like, oh, she was a baby. <laughs> right. Itty-bitty. Pre-veneers and all. Precious and cute, and... But in terms of the time capsule, it was 2001, and there were fashion choices made. Mmm! Mmm! Mmm. Yum. Megan, I'll let you run with this, because (laughs) you watched this episode before I did, and I remember you just sending me texts. (laughs) God, there's such a disaster. I mean, it's Leilani, right? Miranda, yeah. The girl who plays Miranda. It's Leilani, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, like, five bun headband with, like, hair accessories. With, like, really bright poppy hair accessories shoved in. She had platform orange boots on. Uh, God, so much hair crimping. So, so much hair crimping. So much crimping. Why did we ever do that? Oh my god, it stresses me out how much I used to crimp my hair. Um, and how well, I, I literally... didn't crimp, but I would braid my hair specifically so then it would be wavy later. Right. Oh no, I would sleep in braids all the time so I could take them out. And then the next day have like wavy hair. But I'm 90% sure I also had a crimper at one point. Um, which is like not Okay. Which is not okay. And then there were a lot of low-riding pants, even though this was the Disney Channel. This was still also the time of very, very low-riding pants. The ultra-low-rise. And, like... Which no this, one looks good in. No. Please let it never become in style ever again. And, like, Lizzie's boots were, like, full-on, like, box toes. And I'm like, oh, my God, why? 
Just why? Just why? And they had chokers on, which I guess are kind of the norm now again, but like it was awful. And ugh. Ugh. I hated all of it. And then the piece de resistance <laughs> at the end during this horrible video for a song that's also not Christmas, which is I Want Candy. Not a Christmas song. But it's Aaron Carter's single, so basically Aaron Carter's film, like the premise of the episode, is Aaron he's Carter being the proto-Justin Bieber. in town. That he's just in town for some reason, and <laughs> Lizzie got a tip that he's filming a video the next day. And so... And so all of a sudden, all of them have a reason to be there. Lizzie's going to cover it for the school zine, which again... Yes. Does the, not exist. The school web zine oh, is what God. they called it. Oh, God. I remember those. And a then, middle school web zine. Miranda wanted to sing for him because, again, she... Everyone sang. And then Gordo wanted to do, like, a behind-the-scenes documentary, documentary. Because those were all the rage of the major film festivals. <laughs> Sure, girl. I can't. I can't. I can't. It's so ridiculous. I had a realization. Like Gordo reminds me of like he's basically Tiny Adam Driver. Yes. 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 <laughs> and it holds up. It really does. The episode doesn't, but that does because this was like a very um mild version of like Bieber fever of like exactly. people trying to find where he's at and what's going on and this would never work in this era at all because everything is so um top secret now like you watch like the documentaries like Never Say Never and um the One Direction documentary and they like hide in laundry vans and are smuggled out like this would never happen now no never never because at one point she just like runs into Aaron's dressing room like that's ever gonna happen now no it would be like that the door was just unlocked (laughs) no not ever gonna happen (laughs) never ever ever absolutely not but it it just it hit a sweet spot of just it's so ridiculous but in all the best ways oh yeah and again can i want candy is not a christmas song aaron carter people of lizzie mcguire you could have done a christmas song and you did not but we didn't even get into her outfit from that it was low riding metallic i don't even want to say metallic aluminum foil silver well they would call it like the like fashion term now would be like the hologram like type of shiny like holographic shiny pants but I don't even know what material that is because you can't say pleather because they're not and you can't say vinyl because they're not some form of polyester mixed with something. It's so shiny and it's so much like aluminum foil and again our low riders mm-hmm. so so low and again and in awful shoes with her hair is not only crimped but curled. Some sections are crimped and some sections are curled. And it's all awful. I want because Hillary it Duff shows to look that back she's at quirky. that episode specifically and be like 
Why did I let anyone do my hair this way? Why? And once again, we probably won't get that because of Aaron Carter's unfortunate life choices. Mm. Mm. That they won't revisit that episode for reasons. For For reasons. But it's still so fun because also once again of like the season one of it all so it's not just like old disney channel but at the very start of it too is you can tell they had a budget of like three dollars literally like three dollars because the like quote-unquote music video portion of it it's like truly terribly shot god so bad like so bad and also as far as it's just kind of funny that like I would say a good third of the episode is just various hijinks to get past the security guard on set so mm-hmm. I like didn't even remember that as part of the plot I just I didn't remember that either no I just so remember like, them what being is going on the, I just remember them being in the dressing room in the dressing room and in the music video and Aaron kissing her yeah that was it the rest I didn't remember. No. I mean, it was a long time ago. Truly. Because 2001, an innocent age. March 2001, so. Yep. Pre-9-11 I America. I was, I was, yep, I was targeted demographic. We were not but children. Ah, uh, yes. And it is kind of funny of thinking that that was, like, the biggest like teen star at the time and literal teen because he was actually 13 right everyone because wanted I think to come to Aaron's with the, party with the ex- yes the multiple references to Aaron's party made me laugh as far as of Lizzie's monologue would talk about like referenced it multiple times I'm like that's so great <laughs> because I only vaguely re- remember Aaron's party that for me it's the the one about like him making big promises and then um how he beat Shaq are the ones that I remember. Yeah, I just as far I as Aaron Carter songs. remember him having a party. Aaron's party, man. That's oh, what I remember. Mm-hmm. Good old Hollywood nepotism. Ugh, he's only famous because his brother was a backstreet boy basically but I think with the exception of pretty much Justin Bieber that's the only other time I remember of like a teen star being an actual literal like 13 year old yeah even I like mean, the 1D boys by that time they were like 16 or 15 or so they were like 15 they 16, were a little yeah. older yeah I was about to say um but you're right It's like truly that young of like, oh, you're a little child and like your voice hasn't dropped yet. And that God, you remember when Justin Bieber's voice hadn't yet? That that was a time. That was a long yesterday ago. Yeah. So this one was the least Christmassy of the three that we were watching to get kind of the holiday cheer side of Disney Channel. But oh, yeah, it was. It was a just time capsule, and it definitely got me hyped as far as revisiting the world of Lizzie McGuire again, because in sometime this upcoming year, 
we should be getting that reboot series. And I'm ready. Sequel series? What would you... Because it's still with all the original people. It is, So that way... So I guess reboot isn't necessarily the right terminology. Right. Just continuation. Um... Um... Sequel series. Sequel series. That's what they're calling it now when they come back. It's a sequel series. Or companion series. There we go. It's kind of apocryphal. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm ready to revisit Lizzie's world and that... See what she's like now. I'm glad that they're bringing some of the ridiculous fashion back because I saw one of the, like, on-set photos where she's wearing, like, a Lisa Frank t-shirt. Mm. And I was like, I, I support that choice. Because Lizzie would. True. Because she took fashion risks. She... <laughs> sure that's what we'll call it that is what we'll call it that's what we'll call it and as far as yeah the the crimping and the curling it's it's just burned in your brain i can't and just to let you know as far as we'll probably will be talking about the series as a whole and some of the other big episodes later on and then we do have an episode scheduled sometime I think in this winter where we will be talking about the Lizzie McGuire movie because that's also iconic true and we're gonna have some guests for that as well so that's gonna be fun that'll be very fun and because it was always kind of fun. I, I did always like the little animated monologue portions of the episodes, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because it kind of was a fun way of kind of giving, like, the character, like, internal, like, other thoughts and stuff without having, instead of being, like, the old school voiceover, it's kind of... You know how, like, say by the bell, you had the, like, Zach Morris timeout thing? Mm-hmm. That was kind of the modern version of it. Yeah. That was the 2001 edition of that. <laughs> also, I love that in true, like, teen sitcom, as far as, like, the tropes in the format of, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the main character still gets, like, the biggest thing ever, because at first... Lizzie is selfless, and because only one of them can meet Aaron, she gives Miranda her spot, and Miranda sings for her him off screen, where Aaron says that she has talent, but that can't be outdone. Lizzie is still our main character, yeah, she so has not to only get does she get to meet Aaron, but Aaron kisses her. <laughs> yeah, because that's normal. Because that's normal. Because <laughs> just children kissing under mistletoe and. Obviously, it was a show for children, so we found it romantic and fabulous. And then you watch just, it now, and you're like, oh. Like, this child started just kissing some rando. Okay. Okay. But yeah, the hijinks, the outfits, the shiny pants. All the hilarious. Hair crimping. And I, I am glad that they are bringing her parents back, because they were they were very amusing actors. Oh, yeah. Because Robert Carradine was super funny. Whatever her dad did. Whatever he did, because we were trying to figure out. 
because he somehow through his job gets passes to the Aaron Carter music video and we're like does he work in the entertainment industry what's going is on he an entertainment but lawyer? At, at the end of the day it's an early aughts Disney Channel show let's let's not overthink things right right and so any additional thoughts as far as on either Lizzie McGuire That's a Raven or Kim Possible and their Christmas specials I think Kim Possible was my favorite I thought it was the most Christmassy but I think Ravens had the most stereotypical Christmas message that don't try and ruin Christmas just try and be happy and do stuff the way you're supposed to. It's not to. about the presents. It's not about the presents. You have to enjoy caroling and you have to enjoy making the gingerbread house. And it's, I think it had the sweetest message. Like spending message. quality time with your mom and dad. And Right. I think it had the sweetest message. I had the most fun rewatching Kim. But, I mean, <laughs> Lizzie was something. <laughs> something. Lizzie, it's, it was a, like, perfect slice of that point in childhood and seriously serving some limited to realness throughout oh god yes that it will be very interesting to see because you know fashion is cyclical they say and like you know 80 stuff has come back and 90 stuff has come back true will we get to the point where like full Lizzie McGuire era of like that 2001 to 2003 level of terrible fashion that no one looks good in comes back. God, I hope not. We can only hope. Alright, well that was I, I think that kind of encapsulates all of our thoughts because overall this, all three episodes combined, we're only talking about 66 minutes total of television, so it's not a it's lot not to break lot. down, but <laughs> I, I think we, we filled in some good chunks, but... yeah. Next week will be our finale in the December Christmas extravaganza. And so that we're covering Muppet Christmas Carol that I I don't think I've watched it in full or at least in a very long time. In a so, long time. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I have kind of personal history with the Christmas Carol story, which we'll, we'll get into later. And so stay tuned next week for that and a lot of Muppety goodness. And then we will be back to our regular, regular scheduled programming come January. We'll be talking as far as, at that point, a lot of the original series that premiered at launch, they will have completed their first season. And so we'll have a lot to talk about because Imagineering Story ended this past week and I, I'm so sad there's not more because it so far that's my favorite thing that's been on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. We still got a couple episodes of Mandalorian, which is still great. And it's been funny seeing all my friends that are parents are like, I'm trying to get Baby Yoda stuff for my child, and there's nothing available. And so Mm. it's going full jingle all the way searching for Baby Yoda stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'm super behind, but I've heard great things from High School Musical, the musical, the series. I haven't watched since episode two, so I, I need to binge. But a lot of good stuff. Once again, thanks for listening. That enjoyed the last week. As far as this is the last week of 
pre-Christmas prep. And so enjoy. Stay sane out there. Mm -hmm. And we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.